Hello, everyone. Welcome to the Work Alchemy podcast series on impact, talking with entrepreneurs and organizational leaders who contribute to building a more cooperative and positive future. I'm Ursula York, the host of this series. I'm a mentor to business people who want to have a positive effect on the world around them, building strong businesses by creating value for their clients, team members, and the larger world. I am so passionate about sharing with you the stories of entrepreneurs and leaders who have impact, their inspiring and energizing role models. I hope you use what you learn here to be inspired about what you can do in your business and beyond. Today's guest in this podcast series on impact is Jerry Mungin. In 2014, Jerry lost her husband and son and was catapulted from deep grief and loss towards a search for happiness. She has authored a memoir, Lemons to Lemonade, My Journey from Loss to Renewal, which is due to be published in the first quarter of 2016. In December 2014, Jerry was interviewed in a virtual retreat called Super Soul Journey Sunday, discussing the topic of navigating the holidays while grieving. She's contributed two spiritual ebooks, nine spiritual practices to help you create happiness during grief, the holidays, and beyond, and spiritual self care, sacred practices to nurture, nourish your soul, due in the first quarter of 2016. Jerry also authors three blogs. I Miss My Mom, Living with Alzheimer's, I'm Retired, Now What?, and On a Journey. She teaches yoga to seniors in Huntersville, North Carolina, where she lives, retired, most, day, most days happily, with her daughter. Welcome to the podcast, Jerry. I'm so delighted to have you here. Thank you so much, Ursula. Thank you very much. I'm very pleased to be here, and thank you for the wonderful work that you do. Thank you. It's uh, my pleasure that you're here. And I'm, I'm intrigued by that last part about saying that you're calling yourself retired, but you're one of the most busy retired people I've, I've seen. So, <laughs> so are you, uh, I, I, what do you think of that label of retired? Well, you know, <clears throat> it's funny that you should ask that. I remember I said, Mom, I'm about to retire. I guess maybe I had five years or so. Why would you want to retire? What are you going to do? And I said, Mom, there are so many things I want to do. And this job is really getting in the way of that. So I always uh, was working towards the time that I could retire from corporate America and then do what I really wanted to do, what my passion was. I didn't know at that time what it is, and I'm actually still finding it. But uh, I think I could probably revisit that word retired because I'm not sitting in a rocking chair. That's for sure. (laughs) Well, you certainly aren't. And uh, you've created uh, a, a business really after your corporate career. Can you tell us a little bit about that and what drew you to create this particular work that you're doing now and in, in, uh, in particular? Yes, yes, I can. It, it's been an evolution, really. I would say that right now, currently, my business is writing. Uh, As you said earlier, I have three blogs. I'm working on a book. Actually, the work on the book is done. It's just going through editing. Um, So it should be published in first quarter. And I just love Facebook. I am not a big Twitter person, (laughs) but I'm a big Facebook person. So after I lost my son and my, my husband, I kind of shared 
uh, my, what I was going through as an online journal. And I just kind of opened myself up. It was a way for me to, to heal, I think. It was a way for me to be real. And as I started doing that, I was getting feedback from people that maybe one, I should consider putting this the stuff that I was writing into a book. And number two, they were giving me such inspiration. There were people that I didn't even know who'd had loss and were really getting some inspiration from what I was writing. So that's how I got to writing the book. The blogs were before the book. And I've just always been an introvert and I've always liked writing. So I've always had journals. And what I found was it was easier for me to work my thing, my emotions out in a journal because if I talked to people, they would probably barrage me with uh, all kinds of ways to make things better. And really, all I wanted was somebody to listen, <laughs> you know, just be yeah. there for me. I don't need, you know, if I, if I needed help, I definitely would ask for what do you think I should do? But so, so my introversion led me to write. And um, then I don't know how that happened, but when I got all that grief and when my mom was going through Alzheimer's, I just shared it with everybody. I just wanted to share it and it helped it helped heal me. I I really I'm just struck by how you've chosen to deal with these challenging situations. I mean, retirement in itself is a big change, but then also your your mother having Alzheimer's and then the the deaths in your very close and immediate family that you've gone through. I I think it's so amazing that you chose to reach out in a time like that and really connect with people and share with them your journey. And, and it's, it sounds like it's created some amazing connections that, that you've had from people reaching back to you. Well, it really has. Yes. <clears throat> I'm, I'm a real, even though I'm an introvert, I like community. Um, there's something about having a group of people around you that really can lift you up and support you. So um, that's what Facebook has been to me. And I actually call them my Facebook friends and family. They're really like family. <laughs> yeah, I, it's amazing the connections that you can create online. I've had the same experience with my own work. So yes. um, yeah, do you find Facebook is a really great way for you to stay connected with people? Yes, I like it. I um as I said, I have a Twitter account, but uh, my posts are much too long and they're much too involved. <laughs> I mean, I guess I could put a link in my Twitter, but um, I just started out with Facebook and I like it better. And um, it's so funny. When I first uh, lost my husband and my son, my daughter told me about a project that was on. It was a Facebook project, actually, and it was called 365 Days of Happy. Mm hmm. And it was a challenge, really, to people to find, to take a picture every day and look for something that made you happy that day and just post the picture on Facebook. And it said that 75% of the people wouldn't finish it. And I've always been one for a challenge. <laughs> so I looked at it and I said, you know what, this would probably help me. So I was living in New York with my daughter then. And so what I would do was I'd get up. And I'd go outside with my cell phone and I'd find something that made me happy and made me smile. You know, it could be someone planting uh, flowers in the middle of a concrete 
uh, median. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, there's nothing but concrete in New York City, really. Right. Or it could be an old man and his wife. She bent over with arthritis and he just holding her hand as they were walking together. That made me smile. Mm. It could be someone sitting on a, uh, a mound in the park with their version of man's best friend, you know, their dog next to them with their arm thrown around her dog. Right. That was all kinds of beautiful things. And what I found that was doing was it was giving me just the shift in perspective that I needed. So instead of waking up, my eyes popping open and thinking just about the fact that I missed my husband and my son, what started happening was I'd open my eyes and I'd say, I wonder what my picture, my happy picture for today is going to (laughs) be. So it really kind of turned me right around. It really helped. And I made the 365 days, by the way. (laughs) Wow, good for you. That is a huge challenge in and of itself. So what a great idea. I hadn't heard about that particular project. I know people have done different kinds of of longer term projects where they're posting something on Facebook. I love the I love the photographic aspect of it too cuz I'm a I'm a photographer myself. Oh, so I, wonderful. Yeah. Yeah, well, that, it's funny because it was a it was actually I said 365 but it actually started out the project itself was 100 days of happy. Hmm. And when I got to 100, someone asked me was I going to continue and actually said they wanted me to continue. And I said, well, we'll see what happens. <laughs> and I walked out that day 101, I walked out, and that was the day I saw the lady sitting in the park with her dog. Oh. And that was my day 101. That's great. So I I went, lo- Go ahead. So I went on to 365 days. I took it a little more further. Yeah. Well, I imagine you start looking for things that bring you happiness when you have a specific goal like that in mind. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. Um, I'm I'm just listening to what you're talking about, and I'm impressed by how you chose to take some action around shifting how you were feeling in a time of of I'm sure great difficulty. So um, it's it's very inspiring to hear you talk about that. Thank you. Are there ways that, um, I mean, you talk about your business being the business of writing right now. Are there other ways that you would like to um, be connected with people through your business other than writing? Are you, are you planning other things or are you involved in other things as well? Yeah, that's a good question. Thank you for asking that. I am very, very interested right now in the area of positive psychology. Mm. And I never actually knew that there was an area of psychology that was called positive psychology. I just didn't know that. And I've always been an optimist. I get that from my mother. I've always been an optimist and bordering on Pollyanna, people would tell me. Oh, you're such a Pollyanna. You can make, the, you can make uh, sunshine out of a pouring down rainstorm. You know? And so that's just been who I am. And now I find that um, there's an actual, there's an actual structure around positive psychology that's come out of Harvard. And, um, I'm really, really doing some research because there are several ways that you can study that on the internet. There's a place, uh, called Kripalu. I'm sure you know where that is. Yeah. In Massachusetts. Yes. In Massachusetts. Mm-hmm. And they actually have a year and a few months. It's probably 14 months course that you can take. Some of it is immersion on site and some of it is online at your home. And um, I'm thinking, I'm I'm researching ways to use that 
And I thought perhaps I could use it in my yoga classes because I, right now I do yoga for seniors. Mm-hmm. And I wanted to expand that and maybe use the positive psychology uh, in my yoga classes. So I have no idea where I'm going, Ursula, but I'm going somewhere. I have an idea <laughs> that this might be the area for me to focus in. That's fantastic. I know there's been, Martin Seligman wrote, uh, he's sort of considered the father of positive psychology. I don't know if you've heard of him. Yes, I have. I have. Yeah, and he's written in books, and and it's become this whole field now. I was, uh, I I mean, Sean Acor, who you may know from his his TED Talk. I'm reading it, yes. Yeah, and I I actually interviewed his wife, who's also involved in this positive psychology. She's she's going to be on the podcast also. Her name is Michelle Gilan. And uh, yeah, it's become this whole area. I mean, Oprah's doing a whole series on it. I know Ariana Huffington is as well. So maybe we'll see you on Oprah or Ariana <laughs> Huffington. <laughs> well, that would be wonderful. Any way that I can reach out and, and help people. You know, I knew something was happening when I went to Barnes and Nobles mid last year. And I started seeing this happiness section just growing, ah. growing and growing. And I said, that's a new trend. I can see it coming. There's a, there's a magazine called Live Happy. There are several websites. It's just amazing. And in this time in our country, when there's such anxiety and there's so much pain and grief, what a wonderful thing to try to implement. And if, I, if it could impact me and then I could maybe pass it on to the next person and that person pick it up and pass it on to someone else, I think it would be very, very good for our world community. Mm. Yeah, I completely agree. I, uh, how do you see that having, for example, your writing? Your book is coming out in just a very short time, as well as uh, one of your ebooks. Yes. Uh, what what impact do you see that having on people, and what impact have you seen so far in the the work that you've done up to this point? Good question. I um. I've always been a person that uh, I'm a reader, and which is why I'm a writer, I guess. I love to read. And I've always been focused on people who have risen above adversity and gone through difficult times. And I always like to see how, what they do to come out the other side. Mm-hmm. And what I've been finding out from my sharing about my journey through grief and my journey through my mother's Alzheimer's is that other people appreciate it, too. Mm-hmm. Either they've gone through something like it or they're starting to go through something like it or maybe they just want to build up their emotional intelligence bank at- account so that when they get there, they'll have something to use. Oh, I remember reading something about that. And so maybe it would give them some helpful tools. So what I feel is that sometimes the way we impact people will never know. It's kind of like Suppose I am in Dunkin' Donuts drive through line and I pay for my coffee and then I say to the, to the cashier, could I pay for the person behind me? Mm-hmm. And they say yes. And I do that and I just drive off. They never get to say thank you and that's not what it's about, but I can just visualize how maybe I helped turn their day. Maybe they're having a bad day. You know, maybe they're not having a bad day, but <laughs> then I'm hoping that if I did that for somebody, then someone else, that person might pay it forward. So because I was getting such response from people, I feel that the words were resonating with them. 
And if words resonate with you, if they get into your heart, I don't think there's a way in the world you can't do better. <laughs> you know, you can't help someone else, even if they're not helpful for you at that time. You know, maybe someone who's reading um, my blog or my book, maybe they never lost anyone. But we all know we're going to lose someone at some point. Mm -hmm. So perhaps as they read these things, uh, it will get into their psyche and they'll use that to help others or to help themselves when the time comes. I really like what you said about the emotional intelligence bank account, because I think that is so much a part of our own resilience and our ability, Mm -hmm. our ability to work through even day to day obstacles. Do you do you agree with that? Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. Uh, And I love that word resilience, because um, I think I don't know how this happened for me, uh, but I call myself a resilient person. And I think being raised by a single mom, my mom was a single mom and we had three children. I was the oldest. And um, so I helped out a lot because there was no dad in the home. And I had a lot of responsibility early. And she very much depended on me. And I felt good about that. I just love the fact that she called me her right hand, you know, because I mean, she's right handed. That means she can't do without me. So I really (laughs) loved that. But what it helped me become was very resourceful. You know, if a problem came up, I couldn't call my mom at work because she was a domestic. So, and we didn't have phones then anyway. We had no cell phones. Mm -hmm. So I had to figure out what to do. And many times I was able to figure out what to do and she'd come home and she'd say, oh, I'm proud of you. Or I figured it out wrong and she'd come home and say, you could do better next time. (laughs) But it was a way to learn, you know, and I think... Because my mom was so resilient and resourceful and optimistic, she just passed those um, traits down to me. Mm-hmm. Is, is it important to you to, to have the kind of impact that you've been talking about through your, the work that you're doing now? Yes, it's very important. <clears throat> I've always said that we're all here on this planet for a reason. I won't tell you, Ursula, that I know exactly what the reason is for me, but I'm really searching hard to find that. And as I search, I'm probably going to open up all kinds of avenues that I'm not that I don't see yet. But it's very important. I mean, suppose you walk by a person and you smile at that person. That person may be having a really bad day. You smiled at the person, they smile back, and maybe it lifted them just a little. Mm-hmm. So I've always wanted to help people in any way that I can, uh, because I feel that's part of my purpose on this earth is to help people. Yeah, that's I share your belief, too, that we're all here for a reason, that there's something for us to do here. So, yes. um, yeah. Did did you always feel that way that you wanted to be a, someone who's uplifting and or is that something that's kind of evolved over time in your life? I think evolved over time but excuse me but I saw a lot of that in my childhood because my mother was very um, she was very focused on help she loved children and she was focused on helping children and in our church she was the the children's choir uh, director she did the the plays at Easter and Christmas Uh, she did the Christmas shopping for all the kids in the church not just her own Uh, And she worked at a group home for um, children that uh, were waiting to go into foster care. Mm -hmm. And she just loved working with those kids. And she would tell me that 
she would tell me, come home and tell me stories about <clears throat> how these children didn't have mothers and fathers. And it would really, it really hit my heart because I didn't have a father in the home, but I had a mother and I don't know what I would have done without her. So I was wondering how do those kids make it? So I think the way they make it is to have good people in their lives, like my mother, like others who worked with them, uh, that could help give them the life skills that they needed. So, um, I think that it's evolved and gotten bigger. My need to help others has gotten bigger as I've grown older. But it was very, very much uh, kind of steeped in the way I was raised. Yeah, it sounds like your mother set a wonderful example in that way through her own compassion for kids. Yeah. Yeah. Is it's something I've been asking people, and this is is uh, kind of coming out a bit in our conversation. But I wanted to explicitly go into it a bit. I my belief is that the impact that we have, that we choose to have, is uh, something that comes out of our own personal values, the things that we hold dear, the the characteristics or character traits that we feel are most important mm-hmm. for us to exhibit when we're our best. At our, at our best, and we're the best person we can be. So how, how is your, your writing and your business a reflection of you and your values? And, and in, in what ways have you brought those values into your business? Yeah. Well, um, <clears throat> certainly helping others is one of my top values, core values. Helping others, being honest, keeping a positive attitude, and that comes through in my writing because I very much, I very much, I did not want the, the memoir to be a tearjerker with no hope. There was sadness for sure, but I wanted to show people that there's a way to find joy even though you have loss. So I was very, it was very important to me to make a book or to write a book that had hope. When they closed the last page, I would just hope that people would say, wow, she had hope. I guess I can do this too if I have to, or I guess I can do this other task that's so challenging. So the core values are in, my core values are in the writing, I believe. Even with my mom, when she went through Alzheimer's, I wrote some posts that I thought were very funny, even if I say so myself, because (laughs) There were times when we would just laugh. My mother would say some of the funniest things. It's like she was going to daycare for Alzheimer's patients and she didn't want to go. And we kept wanting her to go because it was something for her to do. And she said she didn't want to go because they didn't pay her. She thought she was going to work. She always said she was going to work. And she said they don't, she, she didn't want to go anymore because they didn't pay her. So <laughs> we were so silly. We thought about giving her blank checks so that she could feel like she was being paid. And then my sister said, don't do that because she'll probably take it to the bank and try to cash it. (laughs) So I put that on, you know, so there was some laughter as well as some deep sadness as you're losing a person who's right in front of you and so close to you, you know. Right, right. Yeah. um, Well, I mean, you touched on a few things there. I mean, the helping others that's come out in a number of ways in in what you've talked about. And and, um, your positive attitude is certainly a big part of of the work that you're doing. You mentioned honesty, too. Is that part of being really authentic in the writing that you do? 
Oh, yes. Now, being honest was one thing that I have struggled with because my mother, and maybe it was the generation she was born in, she's born in 1913. Mm -hmm. She was very much keep your family business to yourself. Right. And I wrote that in the uh, intro to my book. She would not be happy <laughs> because I'm <laughs> sharing all of this stuff. But see, I'm not my mother. That sure. might have worked for her. But my honesty, the, the honesty that's inside of me tells me that if I share everything, it will be helpful, more helpful to others than if I hold back. Mm-hmm. Well, and, and people used to have these large family circles that you would share those things in, and it would be helpful to that family circle. And what's so amazing now is that we, one of the ways we can really use social media and, and when we're able to publish books, um, it, it really is a way of just kind of expanding that circle into people we don't even know at that point. Exactly. And that can be a very positive and uplifting influence that we can have using the tools that they're sometimes put down as, uh, you know, privacy invasion and and uh, people sharing too much. But I think it's also it can also be a really positive tool for for doing the kind of work that you're doing. I think it's fantastic that, that you've made use of that in both Facebook and in your your book and your other writing to do that. Yes, I, I agree with you. I, I really am so glad that we have this um, this outlet because uh, when my son passed away, I got so many responses from people who went to grade school with him. I would mm. never have gotten any feedback from those folks if they didn't find me on Facebook. Wow. Because I don't know them anymore. You know, we moved away. Everybody's grown up. But in the early days after we lost him, uh, I would wake up in the morning and I'd just be awash in tears. I'd grab my iPad. I'd hit Facebook. And there'd be a message from someone who knew Latif in the third grade. That was my son's name. Who knew Latif in the third grade. And she'd tell me a story uh, of how they pranked the teacher. <laughs> Because he was right. really good at that kind of stuff, pranking people, <laughs> um, and it would make it would lift my spirits. So I, I love Facebook. I'm sure I know that it can be overdone, and sometimes it's not too nice when people think they can say anything at all to people, hurtful statements. Mm-hmm. So that's not the best use of Facebook. But I, I love it for the reaching out and building community. Yeah, it's fantastic for that. Well, to turn a little bit more to the business side of things, mm-hmm. is there? Do you talk about the impact that you want to have in the marketing that you you do for your work? Is that something that you make really explicit? Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I am um, because I'm an, I'm an introvert, and it's funny because when I say that, people don't usually think I am, but I am. Uh, because I'm an introvert, I'm very. It's very difficult for me to talk about my work. So what I've what I've um, done is get clear about the fact that uh, sometimes it's how you live your life and how you show up in the world that shows your values even more than words can do. So, you know, I do the things, I do the marketing stuff for my bio and I do, you know, I write it, I write the marketing uh, stuff that I have to write for my, um, for my book being published but those are not my favorite things to do. <laughs> my favorite things to do are just to show up for people. 
you know, if someone calls, I had a friend the other day and she was in California. I didn't even know she was. I thought she was still here in North Carolina and she's visiting family. And so I said, can I give you a ride home from the airport? I mean, I'm home. I don't, you know, I'm, I'm not, I'm very flexible. My hours are very flexible. And she said, Jerry, that's so nice of you to ask that. She said, yes, I would like a ride. I said, okay, just tell me when. So it's just the way I show up and I want to live my life is more about, it, it helps me more than marketing. Now, I will say, I need to do a little, I need to be a little better at that. <laughs> when this book comes out, I will have to push myself out of my comfort zone and I will do it. I'm preparing. I, I will be able to do it. Well, it sounds like you have a real sense of mission around this book and, and the ideas and, and experiences that you want to share with people. And that always helps to get past that fear, that discomfort. Yes, yes, it does. And I, and I want to, I would like the book to be um, accepted because all the, all the uh, proceeds from the book are going to go to the American Brain Tumor Association, which oh, is wow. how, how my son passed away. Right. And the American Cancer Society, which is how my husband passed away. So um, I really want to support research in those areas because before my son got sick with his brain tumor, we didn't know anything about brain tumors. We'd had no history of that in my family. And my husband's cancer was very, very, a very rare cancer. We had no idea what it was even. So, so I really would like to help fund um, research in those areas. Does that sense of larger purpose for what you're doing, does that inspire you? Does it kind of spur you on and help you get past that, that discomfort that you feel when you're trying something new? Yes, it does. It does. Yeah. It's actually going to be a good impetus for me because if I sit back and just allow, say, just allow the work to just stand for itself rather than really going out there and... <clears throat> Uh, talking about it and talking about the benefits, then I won't be able to participate as much as I want to in these two society, these two foundations. So yes, it is definitely going to give me more impetus. Yeah, that that it's amazing that kind of thing can really carry you through a difficult process. And I, when I work with my business coaching clients, I always tell them that marketing is just a way of letting people know the value that you offer. And with that kind of definition in mind, it, it really helps to get past that. I think people have this perception of marketing as you have to be really salesy or, <laughs> or very self-promotional. And it really can be about what it is in what you do that is valuable to people or potentially yeah. valuable. So that's, that's good. That's very good. Yeah. So in, in the impact that you have wanted to have through your writing and, and now you're, you're reaching out a little further, even beyond that, how have you run into obstacles or barriers that uh, have, have kind of, uh, held you back from having as much impact as you'd like to have? Would you be willing to to share a situation around that? Yeah, I um. So the answer is yes, of course. I um. I think that because I am an introvert, um, I'm more likely to. I'm less likely to kind of push the boundary, and so I've actually been looking at people who are successful and I, I watch their journeys and I've also listened to what they say. 
and I've had one uh, one coach who says that she has she has issues with that sometimes. So to know that other people struggle and they still manage to be success successful and reach their goals really helps me. Hmm. So I read this book a long time ago, and it was uh, I think the name of it was Feel the Fear and Do It Anyway. <laughs> right. <laughs> so sometimes I just have to do it. Uh, so my my desire to be a little more a little more reticent that kind of holds me back. So mm-hmm. that's my goal to push through that. I've taken some online courses and goal setting courses and things like that. And um, during that process, you're usually asked, you know, what can what what types of activities will get you closer to what you want to do. And so those are good um, good activities for me to do. So it's it's kind of just like me standing in the way of me. <laughs> it's basically what it is. Because I do think that people want to hear this. Uh, they want to hear about the bright side of things versus the, the dark, uh, anxiety-driven side of things. I used to say to my daughter, why in the world are there so many bad stories? We need to turn the TV off, okay? Let's turn yeah. it off. <laughs> <laughs> well, and I think you you sharing about the fact that you standing in the way of you is is really how you see your main obstacle. I think that's true for everyone. And even you talking about it now and sharing that with us, it's it's going to inspire uh, people to to really get past that in themselves because we all struggle with that. So um, yeah, it's. It's good that it's good to recognize it, and that's kind of only the beginning of that journey. But it's uh, it's pretty amazing when you can do that, and and your work is really something that people will benefit from hearing. So, so that's, that's awesome. So, are there any insights or advice that you would share with another business owner who's asking themselves, "How can I have a positive impact? How can I positively affect the people around me and the larger world?" Well, I would say that um, to start small, you know, and <clears throat> and don't think that even though it's a small impact on a person, like buying a coffee for a person, even though it's just a small impact, it's important. The impact that we make on people, no matter how small or how, how large, are equally important as far as I'm concerned. So, you know, it's kind of like sometimes folks think that if I don't solve world hunger, um, you know, what, what is the value of what I do? And the way I feel about it is we don't really have to solve world hunger today. How about just focusing on lunch? It's like just one little piece. How do you eat an elephant a piece at a time? You know, just start small. Look where you can make an impact. Know your audience, of course. Uh, and what they what would be helpful to them, and I always look at what could I provide, what help could I provide, and not the dollars because it's the help mindset I think that really will propel you and make you successful. So if you're looking for, uh, you know, I, I'm not looking for a lot of money, but I, I'm looking for I'm looking to provide some type of funding for these foundations and who knows what else I'll be able to do. It's just, it's probably going to grow exponentially 
But that's not what I first came in for. My first focus was, how can I be of service? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I love that focus on service. It, it's so much, uh, there's so much that can come out of that very open and uh, openness and curiosity around <clears throat> how you might be able to do that. And I love that you said that um, small impact is important too it's not always about the grand gesture or the huge initiative right yeah yes well thank you so much for sharing all of that with us jerry Uh, it's so inspiring hearing your story and and how you've turned um such substantial loss and grief into such tremendous value for others and how you're continuing to look at ways that you can serve others and, and uh, really contribute in so many ways that you're, you're doing and are, I'm sure will continue to do. So thank you so much for sharing all of that with us. It's uh, it's an inspiring uh, journey that you've been on and uh, I'm, I'm really delighted to be able to share it with people. Oh, you're more than welcome. We appreciate um, being a part of the podcast. And the work that you do is so important, Ursula. Impact. I love love that. (laughs) I kind of looked up the word alchemy. I knew what it was, I thought, but I wasn't sure. And it has a component of transformation in it. I love that. It does. I love that. Yeah. Yeah, and that's why I chose the word. So the, the company name is Work, my company name is Work Alchemy. And that is, yeah, transformation is so much part of it because being an entrepreneur, being self-employed, I know from my own experience and talking with my clients and other entrepreneurs that um, it is transformational. It's really a shift that goes on in your worldview and your ability to contribute and to have impact Yes. really changes as a result. So I'm I'm excited about your new book. Can you tell us how people are going to be able to get a copy when it does come out? <clears throat> Excuse me. Yes. When it comes out, um, I will definitely, um, I'm going to have a Facebook page for the book, but they can probably, they can probably get a link um, from my Facebook page, which is Geraldine Mungin. <laughs> That's okay. my name on Facebook. Um, so I'm going to have that. And also, uh, I'm going to do a, what do you call it? An email blast. Mm -hmm. So if people would like to be on an email distribution list, they can just contact me at Jerry Mungin, G-E-R-R-I-R-R-M-U-N-G-I-N at yahoo.com. And I will put their name into the distribution for when the book comes out. Great. And that's also how people can get in touch with you. Is that right? Yes, that's absolutely probably the best way. This book is a memoir, but it's only one year of my life. And it's the one year after the death of my husband and my son. But I do go back in time and I tell how my husband and I met back in the 70s. And so there's some stories that are are very heartwarming. And um, it's about family and it's about loss and it's about love and hope. That's great. Well, thank you for sharing that, Jerry. And I'm, I'm really looking forward to the book. I'm uh, definitely going to get on your list so I know when the book comes out. Thank so. you, Ursula. I appreciate that. Yeah. Join us for more podcasts on impact. Subscribe to the Work Alchemy podcast channel on iTunes or Stitcher Radio so you'll be notified as soon as new podcasts are available. Thank you to everyone listening for being here. Until next time, keep that positive flow of energy going in your business so you can have your own impact.